Will you pray with me? Holy One, we are mindful that in this series we are going where not many followers of Jesus like to go. And so be with us, God, as we go through uncharted waters that we soon find should have been chartered a long time ago. God bless us this day. God be with us. Amen. The choir just sang, people of God. I believe even when I do not see. I love even when I don't feel it. I believe even when God is silent. Those are strong words. Those are risky words. Those are bold words. And choir, they're also brilliant words. People of God, they're brilliant because there's a story behind these words. And whose story is it? It is your story and it is my story because it is our story of getting to the place where we currently are, not the place where we were before. There's something about the story of our lives that makes these words so brilliant. And words sometimes can only ring true after one heals from the chaos that we have been through. Do you know what chaos is? Chaos comes in many, many forms. Liturgically, our clergy have all different stoles this morning. In seminary, this is what they call chaos. They do not like this at all. But it fits well with our series, and we're MCC. We do it anyway. Chaos happened to me this past week while I was away at camp. In my excitement and hurriedness, I arrived there and I forgot all of my allergy meds. And unfortunately, this uh, city boy is not used to the country air and pollen and all that other stuff. But meanwhile, here I am. I always wanted to be a tenor or a bass or whatever is down there. So bear with me this morning. Chaos can look like many things for many of us who are at Camp Hope. Some of us got teepeed. Our cabins were toilet paper throughout the week. Others um, had sardines thrown in their cabins. It was, it was stank. It was rank. Oh, my goodness gracious. If you know Manuel Diaz and a Paul Gonzalez who goes to this church, you can do whatever you want to them. We will look away. <laughs> Chaos happens at camp, and it happens everywhere else. Just turn on your TV or read the newspaper, people of God. Another gunman has killed two people in a Lafayette theater this week. More lives taken with families and friends continually asking, why God, why? And yet again, another black life has been lost while in police custody in Waller County, as Reverend Troy already said. And as Sandra Bland's death causes more chaos and more mistrust between law enforcement officials and our public policy realm and, and our, just the public in general, we as followers of Jesus, we as followers of Jesus still cry out. We cry out bold words. We cry out strong words. We cry out risky words. And we cry out brilliant words. And that's why we say all lives matter, because there's a story behind them, right? That's why we say black lives matter, because there's a story behind them, a story that keeps shedding light 
on the problem of racism in our country. Now, some say that this light is hampering progress. We shall see. This past week, we had chaos in one of our churches, a faith community that is a bold witness to recognize the sacred value of every person like you know it should be, a place of hope, a metropolitan community church in Augusta, Georgia, vandalized yet again. A few weeks ago, after the marriage equality ruling, they put out a rainbow flag outside of the church, and that was ripped down. And then this week... Someone else tagged and, and spray-painted the front doors. They spray-painted words like burn, lies, and they quoted a scripture while doing it. The leader of our denomination called the act um, not just vandalism, but life-threatening hatred. And isn't that the truth? That every act of hatred threatens life and it threatens the vitality of society. I know you, like me, we're trying to live our lives as best as we can, trying to be reflective of the brilliant light that is God within us, hoping that our brilliance isn't hampered in this entire process. And now we find ourselves this morning, week two, learning to walk in the dark. Now... Reverend Choi introduced this last week. Some of us might be wondering, why in the world do we need to learn how to journey in this thing called darkness? I mean, should we not be living in the light of God? Shouldn't we be staying away from darkness? Even the book of Genesis separates light from the dark. Should we not do the same? Well, we will look at our scripture today and We'll talk about it. And if you look at Genesis, and those of us who are biblically illiterate, it's page one in your Bibles. In the beginning, when God created the heavens and the earth, the scripture says, the earth was a formless void and darkness covered the face of the deep, while a wind from God swept over the face of waters. In the beginning, there was a formless void, darkness. It covered the entire earth. This is chaotic, people of God. But it is not evil. Please see this. Nowhere in the text does it say that in the beginning there was evil, right? There's no talking snake. There's no apple on a tree. There's none of that. That's in chapter 2, and that's a totally different creation story. Look it up. It's very, very enlightening. But... But, 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 the phrase, the world was dark, the world was void, is not an indictment on the state of affairs. It is not say or mean that the world was or currently is evil. In the beginning, there is darkness. And see, this darkness, it is the womb out of which we are born. It is a genesis, a space for mothering to happen, for God to give birth and create something new, something good and continue the goodness that has already been created. Mothering darkness who nurses her offspring even after God creates the lights. We say, where does the light come from? And people look up and they say, the sun, right? And yet in chapter 1, God creates lights, but God has not created the sun yet. God creates light, but God has not created the sun yet. But light is still present, but not the light that we are used to. Most light, we think, comes from the sun, 
But even in Genesis 1, darkness is still light. We have this strange thing in our society, in the history of humanity, and unfortunately, it's creeped into our theological spectrum. It's creeped into what we believe about God and humanity. And this thing of this idolatrous cult that we call whiteness and divine whiteness. Our religious symbols and languages have taught us that white light is blessed and darkness is demonic. It's an unfortunate term in our theological trajectory. It's unfortunate because you see darkness is central to the creation story. It's central to our traditions. And I'll agree with you. I'm learning too, right? I'm constantly trying to change and better myself and change the language that I use because words have meaning. Words are powerful. And I tell you, people of God, that light versus darkness can sometimes be a useful analogy. When someone or something opposes good and tries to extinguish the divine hope within each and every person, like this week when the Texas Supreme Court orders the city of Houston to roll back protections and civil rights for people, when the courts demand this, a measure that is a proud reflection of the concept of what we believe in, loving thy neighbor, a demand for a repeal feels like a dark day for the people of this city. It feels like a dark day. But remember, Genesis 1, darkness is also the dwelling place of our God. In the midst of our darkness, in the midst of chaos, divine light is still present. Divine energy is active, so active that already over 100 people have RSVP'd for a strategy session to build hope and encouragement today at 1230 in our gathering place. Over 100 people, many of them not from this church, many of them who don't even believe in God, and yet they're coming here because they recognize, recognize that in this space, God lives. Recognize that even amidst our darkness and our feelings of chaotic or chaos and, 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 and confusion, something good is still possible. We will not fear. We are journeying amidst the darkness and proudly so because we believe in loving thy neighbor. We believe that love should be evident in our private lives and in our public policy. Civil rights, I hope you agree, a reflection of love, of life. And we boldly, we strongly, we brilliantly say that discrimination is not a Texas value. It isn't a human value. It isn't a godly value. Discrimination is simply hate, and hate has no place in the life of our faith community. People of God, you see, when Christians think discrimination is okay, we're being hampered by brilliance. We've blinded ourselves with a selfish light that excludes and does not include. Christians think discrimination is okay, but followers of Jesus, we know better. Christians think discrimination is fine, but the followers of Jesus try to emulate Jesus. In response to discrimination in his day, Jesus boldly, strongly, and brilliantly told the religious leaders, hey, the tax collectors, hey, the sex workers are making it into the kingdom of heaven before any of you are. And we religious people, 
sometimes we become so self-absorbed with our own lights that we forget about what really matters. While we're worrying about what liturgical garments to wear on Sunday. While we're worrying about who is sitting in our pew in the first couple of rows. While we're worrying about who is sleeping with our ex-partner. There are people who are literally fighting for their lives every minute of every day. This past week, over 10 people from Resurrection MCC volunteered as counselors at Camp Hope, the first camp in this country that is specifically geared towards kids ages 7 through 15 who are living with HIV or AIDS. It was a week that, um, a little bit of a roller coaster, right? I mean, you've got kids that you're building relationships with, and you see the love of God in their lives, right? And you see that, and you also know the backgrounds where they come from, right? You see the society, the circumstances in which they live. And it's so unfortunate that for five days of camp, for some of them, this is the most stable part of their year, five days, where they can get three meals a day, where they can have one bed to sleep on, where they can have friends and a support system to lean upon for five days out of the year. And you would never know it. One of our counselors, uh, Manuel Diaz, I was just visibly shaken when he shared with our counselors in our debrief session um, in conversation with some of the kids. And one kid in particular, Manuel's, Man Manuel Diaz is very goal-oriented, um, and he, he, wants to, he wants kids to have goals, and we should have goals, right? And so he asked someone, he said, I asked them, what do you want to be when you grow up? You'd say, what, a doctor? You'd say a lawyer, right? You'd say a veterinarian. And then Manuel asked this Camp Hope camper, what do you want to be when you grow up? And you know what the camper says? Alive. I want to be alive. While we're worrying about minuscule things, and I don't want to, I don't want to diminish the pain that happens in our lives, but there are literally so many kids who day by day are hurting and struggling, right? Because we as a society, let's face it, we're not putting as much money to this, to this cause as we should. And these kids are struggling and they're fighting. And you want to talk about learning to journey in the darkness? Oh, people of God, you have no idea. No, no idea. People are living daily in a world that is dark and void. And the phrase dark and void, doesn't have to be a negative thing. We see from the kids at Camp Hope, oh, that they take it and they make the best of their lives literally every minute of every day. Not only in the book that we're going through now by Barbara Brown Taylor, there's another book called Race and the Cosmos by Barbara Harris, the president of United Theological Seminary. It's a book that talks about race, it talks about the cosmos, and it talks about the uh, nature of dark matter, the nature of dark um, uh, energy in our world. And it is quite fascinating. People have got cosmology teaches us that well, black holes, for instance, are the results of stars collapsing in on themselves due to depletion of hydrogen and other gases. I'm telling you, I didn't get no sleep last night because I'm learning about astronomy and black holes and cosmology. 
in any ways. But they're not black in the sense that we know them to be black. Scholars, scientists say that black holes are actually burning bright hot. Their energy and their gravitational pull is intensely extraordinary, one scientist says. They even say that black holes might be the birth sites of our entire universe. And so imagine now, Genesis 1, a cosmos born out of darkness, born out of blackness. And this black is also light. And this dark is also light. This is the paradox that we find ourselves in, having to change how we categorize our theologies and, let's face it, people who are in our lives. Astronomer and physicist Stephen Hawking says, black holes ain't that black. I was looking for um, uh, the exact quote because I have a hard time believing that Stephen Hawking said black holes ain't that black. But dark energy and dark matter, there's a difference. And I'll have a, uh, there was a chart. I didn't get to send it in, but you can look it up. But you have dark matter and you have dark energy. People are glad. I hope you realize that when you look out in the universe, you can maybe see about 5%, right? All of, all of atoms, all of matter is only about 5% of everything that is out there. The other 95% is dark matter and dark energy. You don't see it, and yet it's part of the universe. It's the majority of it, right? So all these years when our God has been portrayed as the old Santa Claus guy, white guy in the sky, no, 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 no. Darkness is more pervasive in our whole universe than anything that is similar to the color white that is on this paper. In fact, God creates light, but it's not the white light that we think about. Light is in darkness, right? Light is in black. I'm not sure you're getting it, right? Light is within us. How many of you, you can't see God all the time, right? And you know God is there, right? Dark matter, dark energy, you don't see it. You can't look in a telescope. You can't find it. But you know it's working because it's keeping the universe together. The same thing applies to our spiritual lives. We think, we think that God might not be present. We think that we find ourselves in chaos or darkness, that the whole world is crashing down. Oh, but people of God, when you find yourselves in that place, like some of these Camp Hope kids, when you find your place out of a job, when you find your place out of a relationship, when you find a place in a situation where you feel like you just cannot get out of and God has cast you to the wayside, get ready. Because it is in the darkness where God can create something good. Darkness isn't to be feared. Darkness is to be journeyed through. That's where God is and that's where God dwells. If we'll only see it, if we'll live through it, and if we will only embrace it. Miracles happen with the light of God. Amen, absolutely. Miracles happen also in the darkness of God. Right? Not, not evil, but just darkness. Darkness is good. Darkness is good. Dark light is good. God is right there. There are a lot of stories from camp that we could share. And I'm going to share one more. And I, I think I may have told some of you this already. Um, 
We have a teen talk session throughout all, uh, every day of camp. The teens, the older kids, come together and we talk about taking your meds. Right? We talk about, uh, uh, we talk about um, uh, uh, taking your meds, we talk about disclosure, we talk about stigma, we talk about relationships and how to just interact and live day to day. And I'll tell you, I'm 33 and I could not be a teenager today. Right? You talk about stigma, you talk about disclosure. These teenagers, they're living in a world that is ruthless, terrible, and yet they're still living through it. They're still smiling through it. They're still making the best of every single situation. One of our campers, call him Hakim. Hakim is from Ethiopia originally, but he was adopted. And Hakim is, um, he's not a big guy, he's about as, I guess he's the same size as me, but we're not big guys. Um, Hakim is 13 years old, right? One day, Hakim, we're making these little shields in our art uh, class, arts and crafts class. And they're telling us to put something on there that represents who we are, our values, if you will. And Hakim begins drawing this strange figure. I have no idea what it is. Uses bright colors, red, yellow, green. Loves it, right? And I'm like, what is this? And he says, it's the national colors and symbol of my country, Ethiopia. I'm like, that's awesome. That's beautiful. That's great. Are you going to hang it up? No, I'm not going to hang it up. What are you going to do with it? I'm going to give it away to someone. And of course, my next answer is, what's her name, right? And he tells me her name. And he says, I'm going to give it to her and ask her to the dance. We have a dance every year at camp. And so... He says, she's actually from my country. She's never lived there, though. She lived there for a little while when she was very young, but she doesn't remember it. So I want to give this to her. And I tell you, this Hakeem, he was so excited. You're talking about a, a romantic boy, you know what I mean? Let me tell you. Um, he asked for some wrapping paper. We don't have wrapping paper at camp, but we do have tissue paper, right? And we make that the best wrapping paper you could ever find. And this kid grabs a rose. And instead of a bow on the gift, he puts the rose on there and he tapes it. And I see this and I'm like, Hakeem, like who is this girl? Like what, what is this all about? And he says, oh, you don't understand. This girl and I were at the same orphanage in Ethiopia. She doesn't remember, but I remember her. Now you have to understand Ethiopia a country where there are almost a million orphans because of HIV and AIDS, right? Families are just giving up kids, and kids are losing one parent, losing both parents. And they can't go to a regular orphanage because of the stigma. And so they have special orphanages. Long time ago, they're in the same orphanage, and the same orphanage that sent Hakeem to a new family also sent the girl he gave the gift to. From Ethiopia, an orphanage in Ethiopia, to a place called Burton, Texas. Who'd have thunk it, right? And here's Hakeem. Hakeem is in the midst of what we would call darkness, right? Going from place to place, foster family to foster family, and then he comes to camp, 
And he says, she doesn't remember me, but I remember her. You know they danced on that night? You know we had to separate them a little bit that night? I admit I was a little proud. I was proud. And there's something about the spirit of someone, a kid who's living with HIV AIDS, who has to take meds every day of their life, not just one, not just two, but sometimes three, and sometimes multiple times a day. And it sucks. And yet they do it because for them, all this chaos and confusion, mm, they're not going to let that keep them down, right? The brilliance that we take for granted, they're not going to let that hamper their lives. And we don't talk about God, but you can ask Georgette, you can ask Rhea, you can ask Manuel, you can ask any counselor. People of God, the light, the dark light, the energy that is only of God comes out of these kids. And it's a lesson to us. Let's not take for granted the things we have in this world, right? We're very privileged people, very much so. Even the poor among us, compared to some of these kids. And yet we're sometimes hampered by brilliance, and these kids don't have the opportunity or the privilege to be hampered by anything. People of God, I hope you realize that God is everywhere. God is working. God is birthing and creating new things, new lives, something good, not just in the light, but in the dark light. May God bless us. May God bless every camper. Amen. Thank you.